on, let's welcome Chapel and Scott's Edition and the men and women in Chesterfield County Jail. Love you. Love you, love you, love you. Thank you so much. You can be seated. Well, good morning, everybody. Tell you a little bit about the new series we're in in just a second, but love to look in the camera and say good morning to Chapel in Richmond. Love what God's doing in Scott's Edition. Good morning, 1115, and uh, we had a real incredible opportunity to be in Chesterfield County Jail on Friday. I'll tell you more about that in a second, but as always, good morning to the men and women of Chesterfield County Jail, Harp. We love you guys, and, and uh, can we give it up for Chapel in the Lobby today? Come on. Thank you, guys, for your flexibility. And let me just say two things just to Midlothian. Uh, we have an 815 service, which I'm guessing the 1115 is not interested in. But also a 4.30 if you ever want a little more elbow room. And uh, we feed the 4.30 and give away free stuff. And somebody said, that feels like you're bribing people. And I said, man, then you are really reading it correctly. And, uh, and so, uh, but uh, we're also building a building. So in the final stages of uh, permitting there to make space, thank you for your generosity. We've uh, had incredible December, just your generosity and giving that allows us to move forward in that project. So thank you for being patient with us as we figure something else out. And then just so you also know this, we're also flirting with the idea of starting another campus before we get into that other building. So we're touring a couple of locations and you say, why would we do that? We don't really know what we're doing. We're just trying to be faithful with what God's doing in the middle of all this. So how many will join us in prayer, right? And be patient with us. We're going to make space. We'll figure that out. I promise you that. But let me tell you just two things before we uh, dive into the message. The first one is incredible. On Friday, we got to be in Chesterfield County Jail with the men there in person and preach and do worship. And we had church in the part of the jail. We've never had it before. We've done it in the commons area and other rooms, but we're actually in the cell block with them in where their, their home is there. And it was incredible. We had communion in Chesterfield County Jail on Friday. And then, uh, and then it was so special to be with you guys. And it was so special. We sang that song, Joy in the House of the Lord, and took a, a prison house, jailhouse, and turned it into God's house. And I, I don't know, I was, th- was kind of laughing as we sang the bridge, you know, because we're prisoners running free. <laughs> and you know what? I looked in the faces of guys who were in the jail, but were free in Jesus Christ. And, and uh, how many know you can, be, you, can be, you can have freedom but not be free? And how many know you can, you can be locked up and know the freedom that is in Jesus Christ? So we love you. You're not a project to us. You're our people. And, uh, and we're excited to tell you a little bit about Chapel in Espanol in the next couple of weeks. So God's doing so many things but uh, in the life of our church. And then right after 1115 at 1230, both locations, we have growth tracks. So if you've been kicking the tires trying to get connected, you say, Pastor, I don't know anyone. I haven't met anyone. I want to get connected. Growth track is your next best step. It'll be right after service. You don't even have to have signed up. We'll have child care, lunch. We got you covered. We'd love to hang out and get to know you. But to Tomorrow is a huge day for us. Really, today uh, launches it, but tomorrow is our first weekday prayer. So we call this 21 Days of Prayer. So if you're new here, you need to know this. Monday to Friday at 7 a.m. in Midlothian, we will pray in person. And then on Saturdays at 9 a.m., we sleep in a little on Saturdays. Can I get an amen? And, uh, and then we do uh, even more participation on Saturdays. And we do this for the next three weeks. And the Saturday prayer will be live on location in both Midlothian, in person, and in 
in Scott's edition, the Saturday prayer. And then if you can't make it, you can join us online or on the replay. And really, here's the heart of 21 Days of Prayer to just start um, our year off in prayer. And the great Baptist preacher in London, Charles Spurgeon, a century ago said, our seasons of fasting and prayer at the tabernacle have been high days indeed. Never has heaven's gate stood wider. Never have our hearts been nearer the central glory. That was Charles Spurgeon's description of prayer meetings back in his day. And I'm telling you, there's something just special that happens over these weeks of 21 days of prayer. I don't know if you know this, God loves to be talked to. Right, and, and, and he's like a father who loves to talk to his children. And when we set aside seasons of prayer, God does special things. God heals people. God works in people's lives. And so today's a launch of 21 days of prayer. And a bunch of us are wearing these pray first bracelets. We have them at the next step table. Would you just take one? Just so you know, there's a, there's a regular size and a little size. And I got the little size one year and almost got my fingers amputated. So make sure there's a youth size there too. And some of our fuller friends... Uh, there's another one for you. And, uh, so, and uh, so uh, just take one of those. You want to, and then we have these prayer guides that kind of guide us. It's hard to pray. Maybe you say, Pastor, I don't know how to pray. We've got some actual prayer guides. You can pray right through them. It helps you learn the rhythm and discipline of prayer. And then we have these kids' prayer guides. I love them for kids, too. They can color, and, and it, takes, it teaches our kids to talk to Jesus. So make sure you grab one of those, and we're launching today 21 Days of Prayer. Anybody excited? 21 Days of Prayer. So trust in God. In fact, let me give us kind of a, a verse that, that lays the foundation. These are the first words of the Bible. In the beginning, what? In the beginning, God. And so if the first words of the Bible are in the beginning, God, the first four words of the Bible, how the Bible starts, we think the start of our year should start with God. That's why prayer. Because in the beginning, God. In fact, do you know this? Your life doesn't make sense until you put God first. When you try to put yourself first or relationships first or your own joy first, you'll never find real meaning. But how many know when you get the big rock first, God's figured out in life, all the other things make sense. Jesus said, Matthew 6, but seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. So if we want to figure out the rest of our life, that's great. But you don't start with the rest of your life. You start with your spiritual life. And, and I believe 2023 can be your best year yet if it's your best year spiritually. People make all kinds of resolutions, and I'm just encouraging you to make a resolution to be a people of prayer. So I can't wait, 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. All of us morning people, we love it. It's like a, I'm a morning person, so it's like 21 days of seeing you at 7 a.m. I'll be partially obnoxious, I promise, and, uh, but it'll be good. And let me just share one verse that's kind of a downer, and then I'll be encouraging. Uh, I was just looking at our world and praying and thinking about our community and our country right now. And I came, it reminded me of Jesus' words where he says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And those, that phrase, the love of most will grow cold, hit me. And I just started to think about our country. I don't know if you realize this. I think our country, we used to have a, a general disposition open to the things of God. How many of things have changed in our country, Right. And I think there isn't the same, we, I kind of say it this way, we used to be the home team as Christians, we're not the home team anymore, we're kind of on the road, and, uh, and, 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 and I, when I was reading that word, I thought to myself, isn't it interesting that Jesus doesn't say the love of some will grow cold, but the love of most will grow cold. 
And as I was praying over the next 21 days, I just prayed for my uh, church, my family, my own life. I said, God, don't let it be true in the chapel, in Richmond, in our lives, that our lives for you and our love for you has grown cold. Would you heat it up? Would you do a work in our life? Would you do a work in our city? Would you do a work in our family? How many are believing God to do something in your life, right? And in fact, in fact, A.T. Pearson gives us how that happens. He says, there's never been a spiritual awakening in any country or locality that did not begin in united prayer. There's something about calling on the name of the Lord that does something to change our lives, our homes, our community. It's concentrated prayer. It's a declaration of dependence that we need something beyond ourselves. We need the God of the universe at work in our lives. And so we're starting with a season of prayer and uh, we're excited about it. And, and just so you know, we do two, um, two times a year this season of prayer, but in January we do prayer and fasting, okay? If you stick around till August, we do a barbecue prayer and feasting, but <laughs> January prayer and fasting, and uh, it kind of comes at a convenient time because we've just come through the holidays. In fact, why don't we just, I'll show you how necessary this is, even humanly speaking. I want you to ask the person next to you, what's the most fattening thing they've eaten in the last 30 days? Come on, I'll give you just a minute. Go ahead, ask them that. Come on, in the lobby, ask them that. That was, um, that was supposed to be about a three-second <laughs> conversation. How many are sitting next to somebody that needs some prayer and fasting? Come on, somebody. <laughs> so let me just give us a little bit of coaching. <laughs> and if you go on our website, we have all these digital resources too, right on the pop-up on the home screen, or you can go to Next Step. But the first one is a total serious, complete fast. This is just water. I, I also say that black coffee is allowed. And some people say, where's that in the Bible? And I say, just give me, give me. But I just think, I, I decided right now it's allowed. And uh, I'm the pastor here. I can do that. And uh, so water fast. If it's over 72 hours, you should probably make sure it's cool with your doctor and stuff. But a complete fast. And we're doing a selective fast. That's like Daniel in the book of Daniel. He did fruits and vegetables for 10 days. And so maybe you stay away from sugary starches or something. Don't, don't like fast broccoli. I mean, that's not the point, you know. You're like, no, I'm just going desserts. That's not how it works. And uh, it's a partial fast. That might be a meal a day or an intermittent fasting or certain you eat within a certain time window. And then I love this last one. I think should be a part of any of the three that you choose. And that is a soul fast. And that means we've got to detach a little bit from the things of the world. I, I think we're too connected to technology. I mean, I think, I, I'm going to say it again. I think we're too connected to technology. In fact, Apple helps us with this because it tells us what our weekly screen time is. I don't even want to ask what your screen time is, okay? We should collect the cell phones today and not return them until next week, you know? And so whether it's Netflix or entertainment, some of us need to fast the news. You're really mad. My mom's watching. Mom, you're really mad to fast the news for three days and get happy again. How many think you, the world will be okay without you watching the news for three days, right? So it's just, here's what it is. It's just saying, I'm going to pull away. Here, let me just tell you what prayer and fasting is. If prayer connects us to God, here's what fasting is. Fasting disconnects us from the world, okay? 
So if prayer connects us to God, fasting disconnects us from the world. And I think some of us need to be a little disconnected from the world and a little reconnected to God. And that's what we're trying to do for the next few days, next few weeks. Is, is In fact, fasting doesn't really change God. Fasting changes us. And we're believing in this season of prayer that God can change us. How many believe God can change you, right? Andrew Murray, the great theologian, said, prayer is searching after the unseen. Fasting is letting go of all that is seen and temporal. Look at me for a second. We are driven by what we see. And we buy into the lie that this world is all there is. Our job, our friends, our life, our fashion, our entertainment. And and that's a lie of the enemy that's designed to make us living by what we see with our own physical eyes. Where the real meaning of life is found in the unseen, right? 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. For we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so we're spending a season clearing out some things and making some space for God to work in our lives. After one of the holidays at a family member's house, I'll never forget, one of my family members made me bring leftovers home, okay? I won't tell you who, but she was like, you're gonna want them, you're gonna like them. And we were like, no, and she's like, you bring them. She loaded up all these buckets of stuff. And on the drive home, some of them weren't, weren't sealed right, and it started to break out into the back seat. Uh, And I pulled off an exit behind a coffee shop and I saw a dumpster. I pulled right up to the dumpster. I was just mad, I'm gonna be honest. I was like, I didn't wanna bring this food. She may bring this food and I was making a mess. And I took it out and I just started throwing it in the dumpster, okay? And the next day, this family member called me and said, how nice am I that you didn't have to cook, your wife didn't have to cook. I gave you food to take home that took care of you guys for a full day, you know? I don't know what to say, so I just said, food like that doesn't last long around us. I mean, no, that's pretty good. So here's a catch. Just look at me. Look at me for a second. 21 days of prayer is just pulling up next to a dumpster and saying, these aren't even bad things. They're too much of even good things. Too much entertainment, too much technology, too much phone, too much, too much convenience, too much. And we just are inundated with all of these things. And I think what happens is it drowns out the voice of God in our life. So it's a season of just throwing some things spiritually in our life into a dumpster and creating some rhythms and patterns in our life of what God wants to do. And I want to lay a foundation for these couple weeks of prayer for us today that really is built in the book of Acts and It's a hinge point of the book of Acts. The book of Acts, up till the two verses I'm going to read, God's been establishing the gospel in the early church. If you're new to church, here's what the book of Acts is. It's the story of the earliest Christian uh, followers of Jesus, the apostles, and how they took the message of Jesus after Jesus uh, left this earth, and they took that message to the world. And the verse that we're going to read, the gospel's already come to Jerusalem, but it hasn't really gone too far outside of the of east of the Mediterranean. And it hasn't passed to, to Greece or Rome or Asia Minor or anything like that. And the early church is in a town called Antioch. And here's the verses that will guide us for this series. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Do you notice that God speaks? 
in an atmosphere of worship, prayer, and fasting. In fact, catch this, chapel. I'm really convinced that God speaks to us more than that, but we are so busy and the volume is so turned up on all the other things we have going on in our life that we don't have ears to hear what God is saying, right? Scripture says, be still and know that I am God. And I think what we got is all the busyness and the chaos and the, and the activity of our life, the, the noise is so loud, we can't really hear in our heart and in our mind what God has for us. And so what the early church does is they decide to set aside a season and they worship God and they fast and God begins to speak to them. And God says, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. This is Saul, who his name will be changed to Paul. This is the apostle Paul the man who writes most or half of the New Testament. And God says, set apart these leaders for the work to which I've called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And I want you to see at this moment, it's the hinge book. It's the hinge point of the book of Acts. It's where the gospel goes from just being in the city of Jerusalem and Antioch and a small little part of the geography to exploding all over the world. And it happens in an atmosphere of prayer. Catch this. It happens in an atmosphere of fasting. Here's why. Because prayer and fasting shows this, that, they, that we have a hunger for God's leading. Okay. I love what John Piper, he said. He says, the greatest temptation in our life is not poison, but apple pie. How many know that's true? Oftentimes the things that stuff our soul aren't even bad things. They're just shallow things. They're, 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 they're surfacey things. And we, com- we pile them up in our life. And, and, and our souls are so stuffed with small things that there's no room for a great God, right? And so here's what prayer and fasting is. is just cleaning out the junk and making some space. And showing that we're hungry, not just for the things of this world, but we're hungry for God's presence. We're hungry for God. Anybody wanna wanna experience God's plan for your 2023, right? But not only that, it's done in community. The Bible says they worshiped and they fasted and they prayed and it's it's done in community. How many know we need one another? In fact, I'll be honest with you. During 21 days of prayer, somebody said confession is good uh, for the soul but bad for the reputation. But... uh, you know, there are some mornings during 21 days of prayer when my alarm goes off at 540 that I don't really want to get up and come to the church for prayer. Is that okay? I know you think I just wake, wake up like, woohoo, let's do this. But there'll be, a, there'll be, a, there'll be a, like an overcast morning and my alarm goes off and I think to myself, okay, it's Thursday, day 16 of 21 days of prayer. It's time for prayer. And I should think, I was glad when they said, let us go to God's house. But instead I think, oh man. And I'll be honest, let me be honest as to why I come to prayer those days. It's because if I don't, you'll see that I didn't. And you'll be like, pastor, where were you during 21 days of prayer? And then I'll have to say, I stayed home. I was the online host and or something like that. Here's what I'm saying. Sometimes I need the, the community of faith to motivate me to find. How many know we can either live by our hopes or our habits in life, right? Can we admit sometimes we don't want to pray? Come on. Sometimes we don't. But how many know eventually life is either made by what we feel like doing or by doing what's right? Do you know, I think the direction of our life is oftentimes determined by whether or not we're people of discipline who just do the right thing because we've set our face after what God has us rather than by our feelings. How many know that's true, right? 
And that's what happens in community. We need one another. I love that. We're in a season of prayer and fasting. And the amazing thing is God guides the church in this moment. He says, set apart these leaders. He gives them, he gives them some special guidance in their life. Let me ask you a question. Going into 2023, is there an area of your life that you need guidance in? Is there an area of your life that you need direction in? Is there an area of your family, your circumstance, your job, your thinking that you say, I really need to know what God has for me? Well, Proverbs 3 says we can trust in God with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, we acknowledge him and he will make our paths straight. That's what prayer does. It guides us. And that's what prayer does at the start of this church. It guides the people. And in fact, if you read Acts 13, this Antioch moment, the amazing thing is mission starts for the first time in this moment. The gospel, like I said, hasn't traveled to Asia Minor, Greece, or Rome. It's this moment that Paul and Barnabas go on their first missionary journey. If you've ever ever had a study Bible and you go to the maps in the back of the study Bible, it will show you with, with different colored lines the different missionary journeys of the apostles. Those missionary journeys started out of a prayer meeting. <laughs> In fact, do you know there wouldn't even be the gospel to the ends of the earth without a church that prayed and fasted? But not only that, in this chapter, in Acts chapter 13, Paul has not written any of his letters yet. He's written zero of the letters, 13 probably that he wrote in the New Testament, and he's written zero of them. So Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, all these books he wrote were written after this moment. So I want you to think of this, out of prayer and, out of prayer and fasting, the entire course of human history was changed. Missions and the Bible came into being. How many know those are two big, big things? missions in the Bible, and all of it came out of prayer. I want you to see this. I think prayer has the opportunity to change our life. I think fasting has an opportunity to change our families, our community, our situation, our circumstances. How many think God can do what God wants to do, right? And there's something about joining him in prayer that moves the hand of God in our lives and in our community. So we're starting this year, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Anybody with me? 21 days, come on, for what God has for what God has for us. Katie and I were 21 years old when we finished Bible college and we were getting ready to go to seminary. And we grew up in the Northeast and the seminary we chose was in Birmingham, Alabama, okay? I know you think Richmond, Virginia is Southern, but I'm telling you, Alabama is a different kind of Southern. It's what they call the dirty South down there, okay? It's just different and... uh, and, and I, they would tell me stories in Alabama about a guy named Jimbo. And th- they told me one of the stories about Jimbo was pulled over. He was swerving on the road one day. And he got pulled over by a police officer. And the police officer said, you're swerving in the road. And so I'm going to need you to breathe into this breathalyzer. And Jimbo said, oh, I can't breathe into that breathalyzer. And the police officer said, why? He said, well, because I have asthma. If I breathe into that breathalyzer, I'll fall over right in this highway. I'll die. I can't breathe in the breathalyzer. The officer said, well, that's fine. Then you're going to have to come down to the station. We're going to have to do blood work to see your alcohol content in your blood. He said, oh, I can't do that. Jimbo said, I'm a, I'm a hemophiliac. And if you take blood out of me, I'll bleed to death in the police station. I can't do that. Police officer said, okay, then we're going to have to take you down to the station and get a urine test to see your blood. He said, oh, I can't do that. I'm a diabetic. It won't give you the right reading. The reading will be off. I'm telling you, it won't do that. 
And finally, the officer said, well, now I'm going to need you to get out of the car, and I'm going to need you to walk on this yellow line right here and just see if you can walk in a straight line for me. And Jimbo said, I can't do that. And the police officer said, why can't you do that? And he said, because I'm drunk. I'll never be able to walk in straight line. <laughs> Those are the jokes we tell in Alabama, but you're welcome. How many know we're full of excuses in life, right? I just want to say this. I know 21 days of prayer. I can't pray. I can't do it. I'm just, I'm here to push against every excuse in the book. 2023 can be your best year if it's your best year spiritually. So what if we get rid of all the excuses and all the reasons we can't, and we make all the space for God to do what only God can do this year in our lives, right? And that, in fact, I have kind of a verse that I've been praying over our church in this, for this year. And it says, Lord, we have heard of your fame and I stand in awe of your deeds. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known in wrath. Remember mercy. I thought of that. I've heard what you did here, God. I've heard what you did there. I've heard about all the ways you've changed nations and communities and peoples. But God, what if you would do it right here in Richmond, Virginia, in Midlothian, in downtown? What if you would do something so significant? Our, our, our schools would be different, our community. How, how many want to see that? God show himself strong and mighty, right? And it's this picture of the greatness of God. And that's what we're signing up for in this season of prayer. Let me show you as we get, before I close today, let me just show you one other verse that, that's, that shows you the effects of what prayer and fasting can do. And Isaiah 58, if you ever read it, is, um, it's, it's kind of called the fasting chapter. And it shows the effects. You say, Pastor, what if I do this? What will happen? Well, it shows the effects of what uh, fasting can do. It says, after you pray and you fast and you seek God, God, then your light will break forth like the dawn. And your healing will quickly appear. How many believe God can still heal? Anybody, right? Maybe you sickness in your body, we're going to pray God to heal it. Maybe a brokenness in your emotions, pray God to heal. Maybe depression or uh, struggle or relational, God can heal it. We believe God, can, God, your healing will quickly appear. And then your righteousness will go before you, God. Righteousness means... We're made righteous through Jesus, but, but prayer does. It's a sense of setting ourselves apart again for God. We're saying, God, I'm yours. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And then you will call, I love this, and the Lord will answer. And you will cry for, for help. I love this. You'll cry for help, and he will say, here am I. How many know you don't have to have a big King James Version prayer? Look what Isaiah says. You'll, here's what your prayer will be like. Help. How I many know that's a pretty good prayer sometimes, right? Help. And it literally says, God will say, I'm right here. And he'll get here. Let me just give you three things that can happen in our lives, in our church, in our community, if we give our weeks to prayer. The first one is really simple. God can bring healing, right? I'm just believing God can bring healing. I'm going to believe there, there's going to be stories of God showing himself strong and mighty. You know, Jesus healed people. Relationships can be healed and things can be turned around. I mean, catch this. If we're praying to the God of the universe, is there nothing he cannot do? You say, well, pastor, what if it's a big request? Are there big requests to God? The God who flung the stars into existence calls him each by name. The God, the Bible says, who has our hairs on our head number. The God who sees when every sparrow falls. Are there hard things for the Lord, right? Jeremiah, the prophet says, is his arm too short that it cannot reach? When I was a kid, I, I'm probably too, no one remembers this. There used to be a cartoon called Mr. Gadget. Was that what it's called? Go, go, gadget. Okay. 
Okay, somebody remembers it. I can't believe it. All you young people know it. I didn't even know. Inspector Gadget. Okay. Do they not make new cartoons? How do you all still know this? Oh, it's a movie. Okay, great. Y'all should unplug a little more because all of a sudden you came alive. First, I'm totally, I'm totally playing. I shouldn't have done That wasn't right. How can I pick on you on the front row? And I love you. I love you. And he would do this thing where he'd go, 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 gadget arm. And this arm would get really long and he'd go grab something, you know. I don't know why. Whenever I've read Jeremiah's prophet, this is his God's arm too, not, too short that it kind of pick. I just picture go, go, get God going, Whoop. And you're going, oh, he can't get there. And he's like, yo, watch this. And it just. Whatever. Okay. It's Righteousness that God. Hey, some of us have some things in our life that need to go. There are things we've made space. God's saying it's time to. Those aren't good for you. Those aren't my best for you. How many know God doesn't withhold things from us to ruin our joy? He withholds things with us to bring us joy and peace, right? healing and righteousness and lastly I'm believing for some of us that God's just going to bring a season of help he's going to be a God who's strong and mighty in the middle of all this this oh God always gives me illustrations on Saturday you can ask Katie this is a true story it's 4 30 yesterday afternoon I'm walking through the kitchen Katie's not home and I see this crock pot on the counter and I think I wonder what's for dinner and I know we're going into 21 days of prayer and fasting, so I'm trying to go out strong last night, like get all the bad eating in the night before. So I just walk, and I'm like, I don't even know what this is. And I feel the pot, and it feels cold. And so I text Katie, and I say, is, what's in this pot for dinner? And she says, yeah. And I said, are you sure the pot's cooking? She said, yes, I'm sure it's cooking. I said, well, I'm not sure it is. She says, how do you not know? And I said, well, it's cold, like the lid is cold. And she's like, well, is it plugged in? Yeah. Is the knob up? Yeah. And we have, I don't know if you have this on some of your outlets in your house, but we have these buttons. She's like, push the buttons. That it must have tripped, so push the buttons. So you know what I'm talking about on the little outlet? So I pushed the button, and she's like, did you push the button? And I said, yeah. But then when I pushed the button, I didn't know if it was on or off. So I pushed the button, and then I pushed it again. Then I pushed it, and I was like, which one feels like it's on? And she's like, did you push it? And I was like, mm-hmm. But I pushed it a lot. And so she's like, well, which way was it before? And I said, well, I, I can't remember now. There's, there's, there's no lights. There's, they're both just white buttons. White. She says, well, it needs to be on. I said, well, how long, how long does it take? Well, it turns on for a while. How do you know? I don't know. So she finally calls me and she's like, are you sure you took care of it? And I, and I didn't want to tell her that I didn't know how to read the buttons. I said, you don't think I know how to do this? She's like, no, that's why I'm calling. And I just said, I'm sick of this outlet. And I noticed the other outlet in my kitchen didn't have buttons. And so I just unplugged the crock pot and I scooped it up. And I just walked it across the kitchen. And I plugged it into another outlet. And then she said, are you sure it's working? And I got my cord and plugged my phone in. And I said, of course I am. Now, before she got home, I moved it back to the other outlet so she wouldn't know. But I just, I only knew this. That if I didn't start dinner, my wife wasn't going to be happy. And then I was going to get mad. We were going to get in a fight before church. And then 
wasn't going to preach good today. And in order to get what needed to happen, to happen, I need to be sure I got it near the power source. So I was willing to be inconvenienced and pick up the crock pot and walk it to another spot because I knew for something to change there, I needed to make sure it was connected to the power source. I think we have a whole world that's trying to change their life through confessions and positive thinking, Eastern mysticism, or maybe even their own discipline and good effort. Could I propose today that the source to change our life is not in and of ourself. It's just putting ourselves in proximity to the God who has all the power to change our life completely. And what if we today said, I don't care what it takes or how convenient it is, inconvenient it is, or how stupid I have to be, I'm gonna make sure of one thing. I need to, I'm gonna do whatever it takes in this start of 2023 to get myself right up against the source of strength. Because I know if I'll connect, if I'll disconnect from the things of this world and I'll connect to the God of the universe, he has the power to change my thinking. He has the power to break my habits. He has the power to lift my soul. He has the power to take depression and replace it with encouragement. He has the ability to heal my body. He has the ability to restore my relationships. He has the ability to do what only he can do. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And what if at the start of this year, instead of just resolving to try harder ourselves, what if we resolve to connect ourselves to the God of the universe? who can transform our lives. And what if he's come to do that for us in Jesus Christ? That's what 21 days of prayer is. Here's what it is. Last slide, I promise. Prayer is the difference between the best you can do and the best God can do. And some of you have been trying to do too long what you are trying to do. And, and I don't want to try. I don't want to step into 2023 and say, God, I want to be the best I can be for my family and my church. I want to say, God, well, I don't have enough. And so I'm going to do my best, but besides doing my best, I'm going to need the best that you can do. Prayer is just a declaration of dependence. You say, Pastor, is prayer for weak people? No. It's just for people who understand their weakness and connect it to the God of the... Pride says, I got this. True humanity and strength says, I need the help of the Lord. Anybody need the help of the Lord, right? So we jump into this year in prayer. Would you bow your heads with me? In just a few minutes, I'll give us some direction. In just a few minutes, we're going to close with just a half a song. We'll be done with everything in four or five minutes total. I wonder if we could just take a sacred moment. I felt in my heart as I was teaching in this service that there are some people you say, I don't even know how to talk about prayer because I don't have a relationship with God. The story of the Bible is that because of Jesus, God sent his son to die upon a cross to take our sin and shame upon himself and to give us new start. No one's looking around. I promise I won't embarrass you. But if you're here, I'm telling you the greatest, the greatest thing you could do to start this year would be to open your heart 
to a relationship with Jesus. We exist as a church to help people know God. I won't embarrass you. I won't make you walk out front. Or I'd just love to pray for you. That's all I'll do. Right where I'm standing, I'll pray for you. I won't single you out, I promise. But if you're here today, pastor, you say, pastor, either in the jail, in the lobby, in Midlothian, in Scottsdale, you say, pastor, I'm not sure that I have a relationship with God. Would you pray for me today? I want to start my year by surrendering my life to Jesus Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed, Christians are praying. And if that's you here today, you say, Pastor, I want to start my year by giving my life to Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to boldly just lift your hand real quick and then you can put it down. By lifting it, you're saying, pray for me. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, young lady. Yes, ma'am. Yes, in the back. Yes, over here to my left. Yes. Yep, I see you right there in the corner. Thank you. But he else, you just raise your hand in case I missed you. Say, Pastor, would you pray for me today? I'm not sure I have a relationship. Yep, thank you. Are there others? Somebody just raise your hand. Put it right back down. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? One last time. I'm not trying to be emotional. I just feel like God's moving people's hearts this weekend. You say, would you pray? Yep, I see that. Thank you. Thank you, young man. One last time, and then I'm going to pray. You just say, pray for me. Yep. Sometimes it helps to have people just kind of guide you in your relationship with God. So I'm going to help you pray a prayer that if you pray it, but you mean it, God's going to hear it. And I'm going to ask us to pray it out loud all together so that nobody, all of us together out loud so no one feels like they're singled out because a bunch of people are making this decision. So I'm going to pray a phrase, and if you'd be comfortable, in Scott's edition, in the jail, in the lobby, in this room, if you'd be comfortable, just repeat it after me. It's a way of joining in with all those that are making this decision. Let's pray it together. Ready? Lord Jesus, I know I've made mistakes. I know I'm a sinner, but I believe you love me. I believe you proved it by sending your only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for me. Today I give you my life. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in my heart, God raised him from the dead. Would you save me today? Would you take away my pain? Would you erase my shame? Today I surrender to you completely. I pray, God, that by your grace, 2023, I would live as a new creation. Old things passed away, all things become new. For I pray it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Chapel, I don't even want to take a guess, but God worked in so many hearts. Can we tell people we're proud of them? Today. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Tell them we're proud of them. We're proud of you. I'm telling you on the way in, you got, uh, uh, you can connect, you can email us, you can stop at next step. We just want to take you, uh, 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 send you an email and help you take some next steps in your faith. Hey, as a church, we exist to help you. I can't think of a better way in person first Sunday of the year to start church and seeing 30, 40 people give their life to Jesus. I'm telling you, we're so proud of you. God has a plan for you. Hey, guess what? You can go to growth track, but guess what? Even if you don't, you're part of God's family right now if you meant that prayer. And, uh, and we're excited about what God's doing.
good. Um, man, well, it's time to go, but can we, anybody got like 90 seconds left? 90 seconds? Okay. All right, let's stand all over this room. Would you stand in the lobby? If you're comfortable today, would you hold your palms like this all over the room? We're starting 21 days of prayer right here. You know, in most cultures, holding your hands up is just a sign of surrender. It's not weird. It's a sign of surrender. You just hold your palms like this. You say, I'm uncomfortable. Do it down near your hip. That's fine. Come on. So God, we surrender to you. We put Jesus right in the center of this year. Put Jesus right in the center of our homes. We put Jesus right in the center of our families. Oh God, come take your rightful place. As we enter into the season of prayer every morning, these next few weeks, oh, flood us with the power of your Holy Spirit. Oh God, clean the junk out. Restore yourself to your rightful place. God, give us your joy. Be at work in our lives. We praise you. We love you. Come on, sing all hail King Jesus.